DW. Ruby, you work with the DW Project Global Ideas, and you have been the lead on a series that's called How Do We Change? Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about Global Ideas and about the series? Global Ideas is a project of DW Environment that takes a solutions-based look at environmental problems around the world. And with the How Do We Change series, we wanted to take a look at the really big ideas, the kind of radical, challenging solutions to big problems. So the idea being that we know how huge the problem of the ecological crisis is, but the kind of piecemeal solutions that we're getting from politicians and industry just aren't enough. So if we were looking at really big systemic change, what would a truly ecologically benign human civilization look like? Today, you and I want to take a look at another really big idea. That idea is called degrowth. Can you explain what that is? We live on a planet of finite resources, and yet all of our economies are geared towards growing and growing and growing, infinite growth. And people have really been questioning, can we keep growing (laughs) on a planet of finite resources? There is an argument that we have enough stuff in the world. We have enough wealth. We have enough food to go around. The problem is not that we need to expand, but that we need to distribute that wealth and that prosperity more fairly and aim for a kind of a steady state economy that doesn't grow, but maintains some kind of equilibrium. And even in very industrialized, rich economies, that could even involve reducing the size of the economy. But what's the degrowth take on decarbonization or you know, decoupling emissions from growth? This is really central to the degrowth argument. There's been a debate raging for a long time now over whether we can keep expanding our economies without using more resources and without producing more waste, i.e. more emissions. So can we decouple economic growth from emissions? The degrowthers, the ecological economists who are in favour of degrowth, they say this has never been done before. We don't believe that this will ever be possible. So if you look at the global picture, there has been no decoupling of emissions from growth yet. One of the economists I spoke to was ecological economist John Erickson, who is at the Grund Institute for Environment in the U.S. And yeah, he's among the ecological economists who argue that this decoupling is really a myth. We know that carbon emissions are intimately tied with economic production and economic growth. We know that as the world continues to grow, so do emissions some evidence that they've been growing at a slower pace than the overall economy, but zero evidence that emissions are absolutely decoupling. In other words, going in the opposite direction. The only time we see emissions significantly reduce is when countries or the globe goes into recessions. A key argument against the idea that we can decouple growth from emissions and resource use is basically the idea that in a system that's geared towards growth and profits, every time you make a process more efficient so that it uses less energy or less resources, rather than overall energy or resource use going down, that slack is actually picked up with more profit and more expansion. So the less energy and resources you use, the cheaper the production becomes, and that boosts demand and investment, and overall production goes up and energy and resource use go up. That sounds interesting, but it's a little bit abstract. Can you provide an example there? 
Yeah. So, for example, if you design a car that's more fuel efficient, studies have shown that rather than people using less fuel, they actually use their cars more. And cooling systems. So in the old days, we used to have very small fridges that were very, very energy intensive. It cost a lot of money to use a fridge. So you had a really, really little fridge. As we improved fridges, it became possible to run a fridge on much, much less energy. We didn't keep the same tiny fridges and use less energy. We got bigger and bigger and bigger fridges. (laughs) Yeah, if we totally have a gigantic very efficient fridge. But it kind of leads to the question of in terms of degrowth, is that something that people can choose? Can you sort of have a degrowth lifestyle? And if so, what would that look like? So we know the kind of things that we should be doing to reduce our ecological footprint. We know that we should be sourcing local produce. We know that we should be buying our food from unpackaged stores and avoiding plastic packaging. We know that we should be preparing healthy meals from scratch. We know that we should be maybe engaging in community gardens, food sharing. We should be campaigning. We should be, there's a lot of things that we should be doing that I think a lot of us feel guilty for not doing enough of. The reason maybe why why I'm not doing as many of these things as I would like to is because I'm working so much in this kind of growth orientated Western hyper industrialized economy. We have very, very little time. Right. I understand that one of the key aspects to degrowth is actually to work less. I mean, I know I have also spent times in my life where I have worked less and okay, I had less money, but I also had more time. And so perhaps my life quality was higher. So I think working less is something really concrete that a lot of people could relate to. But how would this look? A key argument of degrowth is that we really need to work less and we need to change the way that we work and the kind of work we do, which is something John Erickson also spoke to. There are many people in the world who are underemployed and there are just as many people in the world who are overemployed. So what does an economic contraction look like where time is reallocated, where we have really consistent and generous paternity and maternity leave policies, where we go to a shorter work week, where we contract the economy in order to confront climate change, but do so in a way where people's incomes can be maintained at appropriate levels? There's this ongoing discussion about, like, how much responsibility do I have as an individual? Do we have as communities versus what kind of change needs to be made at sort of more systemic levels, you know, government policy. So kind of the question is, how do we change? How can degrowth actually be implemented? Well, this is a real challenge because obviously a lot of people with power are very invested in the way the system is at the moment and in the profits that a growth economy gives them. But what we're talking would be a major shift in how we design the economy and what kinds of work we value that would mean, you know, completely pulling out public funding, for example, from the fossil fuel industries. This would be an absolute first step to degrowth. And yeah, talking about a complete change of the way we think about the economy and run it is huge. But there are also more manageable things, more realistic things. Already in Europe, there is a big debate over reducing the working week of working shorter working hours. And it is a really massive change. And I think John Erickson speaks a bit to the kind of time frame that we have to do that in and some of the steps we'd have to take. You know, the window that we're in right now is to see if we can 
really redesign, completely transform the economy within a five to 10 year window so that the worst size of the contraction can be reduced so that we can protect those who are most vulnerable. We could actually imagine getting to a steady state size of an economy or even a much smaller global economy while maintaining full employment. That's going to require some very thoughtful planning, some proactive policy. But the other thing that's become really clear over the last year, living through this time of crisis, is just how delicate and fragile our whole economic system is. And that's something that John Erickson has a warning for us about. The economy will contract. It will hit limits. It will crash. It will collapse on its own. So that's going to hurt the most, the unplanned collapse versus the planned degrowth. Ruby, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks. Great to talk to you. DW.